Welcome to the VU Church Podcast. Most of us live our lives planning what we will do if we fail, but what will we do when we succeed? Today, Pastor Rich Wilkerson Jr. continues our collection of talks, Mature Me, examining the life and leadership of Joshua. In this message, grow up. It's not too late to join the journey. Hop into the final week of 21 days of prayer and fasting. Discover resources and gatherings at vuchurch.com slash pray first. Now let's lean into the message together. Joshua chapter six, verse 27. I love having Nick and Jerry this close to me while I preach. All right. Verse 27. So the Lord was with Joshua and his fame. Someone say his fame. His fame fame was in all the land. But the people of Israel broke faith in regard to the devoted things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of the devoted things. And the anger of the Lord burned against the people of Israel. I want to take a few moments today, and I want to preach from the subject, grow up. Someone say, grow up. Now, don't say that to your husband if he's next to you right now. But today, I want to speak from the subject of of growing up, growing up, grow up. We um, are in this collection of talks, if you're just joining us, called Mature Me. And I love this title. It's really becoming an anthem in our house and in my personal life. And that is that it begins with a prayer. God, mature me. How many of you are believing for more in 2024? That's a good point, right? I mean, that's a pretty easy moment to clap and say, yeah, I'm believing for more. Go ahead and thank God right now if you're planning on God doing something more in your life. But the only way that you're ever going to step into the more that God has planned for you is when you mature, when you grow. But it's not just the prayer. It is a question. And the question is, what would the mature me do? You start asking yourself that question, it's dangerous because you find yourself having to change, having to grow. I firmly, firmly believe that God plans on using everyone if we'll allow him. I don't think that age disqualifies you from being used by God. However, immaturity does. And there's many people that have grown old in age, but just because you grow in age doesn't mean you've grown up. I don't want our church just to grow in age and grow older. I want us to grow up. I want us to mature in the Lord. People are growing whether they know it or not. Some of us growing sideways. Some of us growing down. Some of us growing backwards. But I believe that the word of the Lord for Vu Church in this season is that this is a season that we're about to grow up. This is a season that we're growing in God. We're growing in grace. Come on. We're growing in strength. Anybody believe you're going to grow up this year? We're growing up. We're growing up. My, my son Wyatt is getting ready to turn six on Tuesday. And every time it's his birthday, I always sort of announce it because many of you went on the journey with Don Shree and I, but we went eight years of not being able to have a kid. And so when he finally came, it was a miracle. And I love to continue to tell the story. And I love every year reminding our church that we serve a God who takes impossible things and makes them possible. I don't know if you need a miracle in 2024, but let the story of Wyatt win you over that we serve a God who still does the impossible. He's a miracle worker. He is a way maker. And Wyatt, yo, he keeps growing. He's six years old. And like, 
I, I bought him this like swagged out Ralph Lauren polo sweater six months ago, you know? And I love this thing. I spent a little money on it. And the other day I went to put it on him, but dude has grown that now like his wrists are showing. It was like hanging here. I was like, boy, we're not doing midriff in this house, okay? <laughs> he, he's, he's growing up. And so it is with you. Some of us are behaving in a way that we need to recognize I'm too grown to behave that way. That old outfit of complaining all the time, that doesn't fit me. I can't walk in the style of continuing to explain myself. Some of you are too grown to keep trying to please people. Am I preaching to anybody in the house right now? Too grown for that. You're too grown to be that petty. You're, you're too grown to tolerate that much drama in your life. This is a season to grow up. If you believe it, somebody give God some praise. I got to grow up. We got to grow up. The apostle Paul said, when I was a child, I thought like a child. I talked like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, when I became a woman, where's all the voo girls at in the house? When I became a woman of God, when I became a man of God, I put childish ways behind me. Uh, we have been looking at the life of Joshua, and I, I want to pick up today where we left off last week. Now, I know many of us haven't been on the entire journey, but let me just try to bring you up to speed. We are studying the life of Joshua as a case study, learning how to mature in the Lord, learning not just how to grow old, but how to grow up. And, and we started week one with Joshua chapter one, where God gives Joshua this big promise and the promise is, Joshua, I'm going to be with you wherever you go. Now, it's a huge moment in Joshua's life because Moses has died, and now transition is transpiring. He's stepping into a new season, and with the new season, he's going to need new strategies. With the new place, he's going to need a new plan. But when God comes to him, notice God doesn't give him specific plans, and nor does he with us. Some of us, we started, you're like, I need a plan. And you do need a plan, but many times when you ask God for a plan, he doesn't give you a plan. He gives you a promise. The promise is the plan. I don't know exactly what you're supposed to do, and I don't know every step you're supposed to take. What I do know is this, that if you're serving Jesus Christ, he promises no matter how tall the mountain is, no matter how low the valley is, he will walk with you. Anybody thankful you got a promise today? He'll never leave you nor forsake you. The promise is the plan. But just because you got a promise doesn't mean you ain't got a problem. Where's all the folks in the house who got some problems today? I love our God because what he does is, is he uses promises as challenges. And challenges change us. Many of you started the year going, God, change me. God, I want to change my marriage. God, I want to change my job. And God, I want to change my dream. And I want to change my health. And God's like, all right, I'm going to answer that prayer by giving you a challenge. And so Joshua, he gets this promise from God and he obeys God. And his first challenge is the walls of Jericho. But when you start to recognize that the challenge is changing you, you don't curse the challenge. You celebrate the challenge. It's challenging trying to lead four different locations. It's challenging trying to walk in my father's shoes. But yo, I believe that every step of the journey, God is changing me. God is maturing me. How many believe we are growing up? I'm growing up. Joshua obeys. And as we learned last week, the walls of Jericho, they collapsed. I want you to see this because we're going to pick up our text. The walls of Jericho have fallen and Israel has, has their first victory since wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. 40 years of wandering and now it's their first real victory as they're about to step into the promised land. 
Yeah, they had battles. Yeah, they had wars. But none of those battles advanced them. This is the first battle that has brought them into new territory. And the Bible says, I don't know if you saw it. This is interesting. Joshua chapter 6. That the fame of Joshua spread throughout the land. Meaning that at this moment, Joshua in his victory, he's obeyed God, but his obedience to God has led to fame with man. He's famous amongst the Israelites. They're talking about their leader like, man, he's the man, yo. Joshua, if there was Instagram back then, can you imagine that? He'd have been like, hashtag, what is it, O-O-T-D? Is that what you do, Jerry? He'd been standing on the walls of Jericho, outfit of the day, you know, like. His fame is spreading. Other territories are talking about him. He's strong and he's powerful and he's strategic. He is strong. He has become famous. His fame has spread. Success is one of these interesting things because Joshua, in his obedience, has become successful. Many people spend their entire journey of faith talking about how to deal with failure. But if you're going to mature in the Lord, you better start planning on how you're going to handle success. See, Bill Gates, which he's not the Bible by any means, but he is a billionaire, and he said it this way. He said, success is a lousy teacher. It seduces smart people into thinking they can lose. Napoleon, the great warrior who conquered most of the known world, said it this way. Success often leads to the greatest failures. Meaning, what happens to us on the journey is that as we obey God, God starts to use us. But many of us, we spend our entire life just talking about how am I going to deal with the failure? How am I going to deal with the defeat? Immaturity only plans for defeat, but maturity in the Lord plans to be successful. Remember, God told Joshua, if you obey me, I'm going to make you prosperous and successful. I don't know about you, but I'm planning on growing in 2024. I'm planning on winning in 2024. I'm planning on coming up against some challenges, but we shall overcome. What are you going to do when you win? How are you going to handle success? Do you only have a game plan for failure, defeat, and challenges? Or have you already seen yourself obeying God and on the other side of obedience, stepping into some level of notoriety, influence, affluence, prominence? How do I handle success? Because if I'm going to mature in the Lord, I better discover managing this thing called success, fame, and notoriety. Some of you apply to an Ivy League school. All right, you ready for them to accept you? Because it's happening. My man, she's going to say yes. Really? Yeah, you were gonna, what if she says no? What if she says yes? You better grow up, dude. You're going to get the raise. Really? Yeah, and when you get the raise and when you get the promotion, I hope you've planned on it. I hope you've prepared for it. I hope you're ready because God is getting ready to do something like you have never seen before. Somebody say, grow up. Joshua has become famous. Isn't fame an interesting thing in 2024? Like, it's almost like a social currency. 
1976, there was a study done by Gallup with teenagers, and the question was asking them 16 different things of importance. Number 15 amongst all that entire survey was teenagers in 1976, out of 16 items said, number 15, it's a desire to be famous. But fast forward, the same study was done in 2007, and 51% of the teenagers said the greatest priority in their life was to be famous. What are we talking about? 2007 was before TikTok was invented and before Instagram. How much more now is it? See, what I've learned is this, is the devil cannot bring you down with failure. He will corrupt you with success. He will corrupt you with success. And the counterfeit currency of fame says the more famous you are, the more valuable you seem. And so many of us, we live our whole life trying to get to a place of success, trying to get to a place that our name is renowned. Look at me, see me, look at what I'm doing, because all at the heart of it, it's a desire to be famous. And the desire to be famous, the problem with it is that it relies upon external, um, dependent upon external validation. That really, if you're going to walk in security and confidence, if you're going to grow up, it's got to come from the inside out. Albert Einstein said it this way, with fame, I became more and more stupid, which of course is a very common phenomenon. Yes. <laughs> See, I don't know if being famous will make you wise, but I certainly know it can make you foolish. And what happens in moments of success after we've obeyed and we step into a place now of growth, success, it becomes a scary cyclical cycle where we step into this idea that we need our ego to be stroked. And listen, your ego is not your amigo. That's for all the Spanish speakers in the house. It's a bilingual church. Also, that's the tongues. We speak in tongues around here. Ego, here we go. Ego is edging God out. Food church, what are we going to do when our obedience to the Lord leads to greater influence, leads to prosperity, leads to success, leads to fame with man? How are we going to handle the great harvest that God is bringing. I know there's going to be challenges. I know he's not going to give me all the plans and all the details, but I am counting on 2024 to be a year that we win, that we succeed. And if we're going to grow up, we better know how to handle the success. Anybody with me today, we got to learn how to manage it. Somebody say, grow up. Grow up. Well, Joshua, we watch him throughout the next few chapters, how he handles the success. The first thing that Joshua does, I think this is so important, in order to grow up in the Lord, is that he persists in prayer. Everyone say, persist, persist. in prayer. The Bible says that they defeat Jericho, and then with it, the next city over is the city of AI. Not artificial intelligence, <laughs> but the city of AI. And Joshua commands the troops to go to AI. It's smaller, it's weaker. But when they go to AI, AI defeats them. They lose the battle. And Joshua's going, what in the world? What just happened? But we see this famous man, this successful man, and look at what this man does. Joshua chapter seven, verse six. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until the evening. What you will see about Joshua's life in every season, in every circumstance, read the entire book. All you ever see Joshua doing, whether he's on a mountaintop or in a valley, is talking to Jesus. 
is talking to God. And I want to say to every one of us, you never become too successful to talk to God. You never become too prominent to talk to God. Is there anybody out there who knows about prayer and the power of it? Joshua discovered that there was power in prayer. Prayer kept him humble. See, when you persist in prayer, prayer produces trust in God. When you don't pray, you become prideful. And pride, watch this, prevents trust. Think about trust for a moment, very, very practically. Think about someone right now that you do trust. Think about someone that you don't trust. The person that you do trust, you tend to give them more and more control. You tend to let things go. The person you don't trust, you ever got into an Uber before and you're like, I don't know about you, bro. License and registration, man, you know. It's because you don't trust and so you, you immediately take control. And understand that the life of a Christian is not a life of success, it's a life of surrender. And the only way you live in surrender is through a habit of prayer. And prayer doesn't just get you to a thing. Prayer is not a means to an end. Prayer is the end. Prayer is the goal. Prayer is the impact. That's why every year, twice a year as a church, we take 21 days and we pray and we fast. Because as we get into God's presence, we build our trust in him. We give up control. God doesn't need your strength. He wants your surrender. The more and more we surrender, the more and more he can use us. Come on, somebody. Help me out a little bit today. Persist in prayer. Prayer is not a duty, it's a delight. Prayer is not transactional, it's relational. It's just talking to God. It's sharing your heart with God. All throughout Joshua, Joshua would call upon God. God would answer him. God would speak to Joshua. It was helping him grow up and manage the success. And when Joshua tore his clothes in this moment, what he discovers is that there was a man named Achan. Everyone say Achan. His story is right there in Joshua chapter 7. Achan... His name means trouble. That's a, I don't know what y'all are naming your kids these days, but let's just take off the baby registry and the baby name's trouble. Don't name your child trouble. And Achan and all of Israel was given a command by God, do not touch the spoils or the treasure in Jericho. All of the treasures and all of the spoils in Jericho belong to God. Don't touch any of it. It goes into God's tent, not your tent. But Achan disobeyed. Achan saw him some silver and was like, yo, ain't nobody going to know. And he steals it. Let us all be reminded that although man might not see, God always sees. God watches and God is looking. And the Bible says that God prompts Joshua and says, yo, Joshua, the reason why you lost the battle to Ai was because of Achan's sin. The sin of Achan is like all of our sin. I don't care what the sin is you're struggling with right now. All of sin is birthed out of pride. C.S. Lewis called sin, uh, he's called pride the great sin. So, so remember, how did the devil become the devil? He was an angel, but he became prideful, wanting control, not wanting to trust the plan of God, and he fell like lightning from the sky. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. You understand that Eden, like Joe, Eden is a picture of heaven. Eden is a picture of utopia and paradise. I mean, just the very fact that they were naked and felt no shame. That sounds like heaven to me. <laughs> we're not too religious for that. Hello. And um, 
The Bible says that God would walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. God gave him an entire garden. Watch this. And he said one thing. Do not touch. Do not touch from the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's the one thing you can't touch. Everything else. Think about this. Everything else. It's all for you. But one thing. I won't say one thing. One thing. And Adam and Eve and others in the garden. I don't know what you do just after you've named all the animals and you're naked and you're hanging out, you know. And one day Eve's passing by and the serpent, the devil, who's crafty, he's like, so Eve, how does he tempt her? Did God really say not to eat from this tree? Whenever Satan comes to tempt you, he always tempts you by challenging the authority of God. We love everybody at Voo Church. Everybody's welcome at Voo Church, but we're going to preach the Bible. We're going to stand on the Bible. We live in a world right now. It's like, yo, come on, it's 2024. Some of that stuff you're teaching, that seems like that was like more for back then. So what you're saying is that back then that something's changed. I, I know society's changed, but God hasn't changed. Uh, last time I checked, my Bible says he's the same yesterday, today. Come on, baby, forever. You better grow up and realize that his word stands the test of time. You're always in a dangerous place going, hmm, did God really say it's always a question mark. Everyone's like, the mark of the beast. The first mark of the beast is right there in Genesis. It's a question mark. Questioning the authority of God. And what does the serpent do? So Eve, did God really say not to eat from this tree? Don't you know that if you eat from this tree, you will be just like God? It appeals to the ego, to pride. As Eve reaches out and eats the fruit... What she's doing is she's saying, I am no longer content being satisfied simply at receiving and trusting in God's plan. I'm going to take control and I'm going to put myself on the same level and status of God. Sin, this is good now, before it's intellectual, it's always relational. Sin is not like first in my mind, it's, it's, it's severing the relationship. I'm not going to trust you as father. I'm not going to trust you as dad. I'm not going to be honest with where I'm. I'm going to stop talking to you and building trust of where I surrender. I'm going to reach and eat for the fruit. My pride is going to get the best of me. Notice pride. Pride gets you focusing on the one thing you don't have. They had a whole garden, but they were upset about one freaking tree. How many of us, we leave good marriages because we're missing 5%. We leave good jobs because we're missing 10%. It's because our ego and our pride gets the best of us, and we say, I want to take control. I do not trust in the master plan of God. And pride always leaves us in a place that we're trying to achieve. Watch this. Humility loves to receive. Loves to receive. The Bible says they ate the fruit, and what did they do? If you go back to the story, they went and hid. They knew they had sinned, and now shame came in. And so what do they do? They hide from God. They don't talk I want you to see this. They don't talk to God. We think we're so different. We're the exact same. Achan steals from Jericho. You know what he does? It's Joshua chapter seven. God prompts Joshua and says, like, yo, you got to confront Achan because God don't play. Go confront Achan, the troubler. He's bringing trouble. There's already people in Israel who've died because of his dumb decision. Go and face him. You're not going to win any more battles until you uproot this sin. 
And here comes Joshua, my son, give glory to the Lord of God of Israel and give praise to him and tell me now what you have done. Do not, here it is, hide it from me. Well, it's too late. Achan answered Joshua, truly I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel and this is what I did. When I saw among the spoil a beautiful cloak from Shinar and 200 shekels of silver and bar of gold weighing 50 shekels, then I coveted them. I have all this other stuff. I got victory, I got family. I've seen miraculous signs and wonders, walls coming down, but my pride wants the one thing you told me I couldn't have. And see, they are hidden. Someone say hidden. They are hidden in the earth inside my tent with the silver underneath. Adam and Eve hid, Achan hid, and you hide. And when we hide, we sever communication and relationship with God. Because of this sin, Achan and his entire family are killed. Adam and Eve are banished out of Eden. There's the first bouncer. You thought that like Club Live formed that? No. Eden's got bouncers outside of it. Cherubim with a sword of fire. You don't get to come back up in here because you don't trust me. Now here's, I can't prove this, but I believe this. You look at the story and the great consequence of Adam and Eve and the great consequence of Achan, and if you're not careful, you will read the story incorrectly, and you'll say, man, God is kind of mean. God is kind of angry. But in all reality, God is just giving us what we want. We wanted to hide. We wanted to run. And so he said, get out of my presence. You don't want to talk to me, then I won't talk to you. Watch this. I actually believe if Adam and Eve would have been like, yo, (laughs) We out here and we know we naked. We look silly. Can you clothe us? What is the cross? Jesus being stripped naked to clothe you in righteousness. Achan hides that. He's not even using it. Some of you sinning, living in a hidden life, and you're not even finding pleasure or use out of it. I firmly believe if Achan would have taken that stuff... The point of the story is not touching forbidden stuff. The point of the story is that when you do touch forbidden stuff, because don't act like you're not like Adam, and I can't act like I'm not like Achan. I got trouble too. I've touched forbidden stuff. But may we mature and grow up in the Lord that when we touch forbidden stuff, he ain't got to come and find us. We would run into his house, get into his presence, and say, God, I confess I'm in hiding. Cleanse me. Somebody give God some praise. We got to persist in prayer. God wants relationship with us. Even when you and your job are growing and even when your brand is blowing up and even when as you're having kids, in your success, persist in prayer. Number two, everyone say, pass the promise. promise. Oh, we can do better. Say, pass the promise. promise. I, I firmly believe that you have to, in order to grow up in God and mature in the Lord, truly successful people understand that everything that God has given them is solely that they might be a conduit to bless others around them. Your God dream and your vision board for 2024 is not just about you. It's about other people. If God answers all of your prayers this year, is it gonna just change your life or is it gonna change the world? You better start thinking bigger. You better grow up this year. You better realize I gotta pass the promise. Immature people hide their light. Mature people share their light. Lighting someone else's candle doesn't diminish yours. So we have this whole idea like, oh, if I, if I share my light, it's going gonna, it's gonna to diminish mine. No, it won't. No, it won't. It's just going to burn brighter for Jesus. See, the whole story of Achan is a story of pride. And what is his pride? Is he ain't want to share. He ain't want to share. He doesn't want to share in the promise. 
He wants to share in God's judgment. God says in Joshua 6, if anyone touches these spoils, all of Israel will be held liable. And guess what happened? Many men died at Ai. And guess what happened? Achan was stoned, not just him, his entire family. Why? Because all of your decisions, whether you want to believe it or not, we live in America, the world that's all about fame and fortune, and we tell ourselves it's just about me, myself, and I, and my actions only bring consequences to me. You are fooling yourself. Every decision you make, good or bad, has either a positive or a negative consequence on those around you. And here's Achan. He doesn't know how to share anything that God has given him. In fact, if we're really going to be honest, this is a picture of first fruits. Because this is the first victory under Joshua's tenure. And God says, everything, everything in Jericho goes into my tent, not your tent. God is saying, will you trust me with first? It's January 2024. This is a first fruits kind of church. God, we want to trust you. We want to release to you what is yours. Come on, if you believe it, from the back to the front, go ahead and give God some praise. Here's what's crazy, and I never saw this. Joshua chapter 7, Achan and his entire family are killed because they touched that which God said was his. Let me get it. Let me keep it. I got to hoard this. I got to hang on to this. This is my promise. This is my spoils. After God has shown judgment to them, he says, all right, Joshua, now that you've persisted in prayer, now that you've dealt with the disobedience, you're growing up. I want you to go back to AI, not artificial intelligence. And now I will go with you and you will be victorious. And this time, everything in that city goes into your tents. This is a picture of trust. You ever see that picture of that little girl? I think they got it. I think the team had it. We didn't have it in the last service. We had that picture of that little girl somewhere. Can we bring Oh, yeah, there it is. You ever seen this picture? I don't think it. Have you seen this? Look at this. She got a little teddy bear. But God, I love it. And what does Jesus say? Just trust me. Got a big old bear behind his back. That's biblical because that's a story of Jericho and AI. Achan's going, I got to take it for myself. But God says, no, if you'll trust me and give me what is mine, if you'll share with me my spoils in one town over, come on, in one city over, in one year from now, in two years from now, you have no idea what's coming next. Come on, somebody receive it as a prophetic word from the Lord. You have no idea what awaits you if you'll trust God. Someone say, pass the promise. If we're going to manage success, we got to pass the promise. Joshua, in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, God promises Joshua, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. He's promising Joshua an individual promise. But you watch Joshua as he must have been afraid because God told him three different times, don't be afraid. So he must have had some fear. He didn't get the plan, but he got the promise. And we watch Joshua as he takes one little step. He faces challenge after challenge, but every challenge is changing him. All of the fame is not going to his head, but it's maturing him and it's growing him up because you go from Joshua chapter one to Joshua chapter 10. And what you discover is this, is that in chapter 10, all of a sudden, God, Joshua looks out about the people of Israel and he has slaughtered many Kings that have stood in their way. And in Joshua chapter 10, verse 25, look at what Joshua shouts to the people. Joshua said to them, be strong and courageous. This is what the Lord, your, your God, will do to your enemies you are going to fight. 
the very thing that God said to him in Joshua 1. It took him 10 chapters. It took him many battles. It took him many victories. But the thing that God whispered to him in private is the very thing that Joshua shouts in public. Oh, I'm trying to get someone to understand what I'm talking about. You got to start to mature. Preach your promise. Share your promise. The promise that God gave you is not just for you. It's for everybody around you. You got to pass on the promise. Come on, somebody give God some praise. You want to know what preaching is? Preaching is God whispering something into my soul a month ago. And I'm hanging with it, I'm hanging with it, I'm hanging with it. And then all of a sudden I get enough courage and I grow up enough to stand up on this stage and I proclaim and pass on the promise. And so it is with you. Get a bigger picture of who your God is. Your God is bigger. Trust that when God gives you something, there will be enough to share. I'm talking about how you're going to manage the success. I'm talking about when you win, what you going to do. Dad used to have a little sermon he'd always preach. I think for eight years in a row, I see Marcus Gonzalez in the house today. How many sermons did dad close? He'd bring the keys up, point number three, we're gonna win. I'm like, dad, you can't make that your close in every sermon. He's like, yes, I can. Because I know how the story goes and I know the end of the book and all they need to know is if they put their trust in Jesus, all we ever do is win. And it's not hype, it's a real hope. Because we're not living for temporary success. We're living for an eternal reward. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Someone say, grow up. Persistent prayer. Grow up past the promise, but grow up, praise in prominence. Someone say, praise in prominence. That every step of the journey, I'm talking about every step, we have to keep praising God. We have to keep worshiping God. Praise is about giving God his glory. Glory is a weight term. It's about a weight. You cannot handle the glory of God. You will fall under its pressure. As God blesses you, as God grows you and makes you prosperous and successful, and as he elevates you, understand platforms don't elevate, they expose. And when God sees you, can he trust with you being seen? When God sees you, man of God, when God sees you, woman of God, when he sees you at your work, when he sees you in your marriage, when he sees you with your kids, when he sees you, can he trust you with being seen? There was an old king named Uzziah. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 26, verse 16, he wanted to take the glory of God. It says, but when he had become powerful, he also became proud, which led to his downfall. Pride always comes before the fall. And what we don't understand about seasons of momentum, and I'm really speaking specifically now to our church. I know a lot of people watch online. I'm grateful you're watching online. You can receive the word, but I'm talking to people in this room. Some are just joining. Some have been around this journey for eight, nine years. But in seasons of momentum, always understand momentum is a lie. It's a great lie. When you have momentum, you think you'll never lose it. When you don't have momentum, you think you'll never get it back. Both are a lie. 
You know where momentum comes from? It's when you're on a bicycle and you're pedaling up the hill and you're struggling and you're pedaling and you're pedaling and you're pedaling and you finally get to the top of that hill and then when you come down the hill, it's called momentum. You go further, faster, with less effort. But the problem with momentum is that it's just like that. It's momentum. You're propelling even though you might have stopped praising. I don't think you caught it. Because what you're seeing here today at all of our locations, we're in a season of momentum. But just because we're in momentum doesn't mean that right now in this moment we're praising. Doesn't mean that we're seeking. Doesn't mean that we're sowing. Doesn't mean that we're planting. No, we're harvesting. And sometimes in a season of harvest, all of a sudden people start talking about things. Man, Voot Church, bro, look at that place. Those are really smart people. Man, how'd they do that? They must have really great leadership. Wow, they're amazing. Oh my goodness, we should go check it out. And before you know it, all of the success starts going to your head and you forget the very thing that brought you to the place of prominence. It was praising God all the way. Every step I pray, every step I praise, every step I thank God, every step I give him the glory that he's worthy of because even in prominence, I can still praise God. Even though I'm on a mountaintop, I can still kneel before him knowing that he hears me and he answers me. Proverbs says, true humility and the fear of the Lord leads to riches, honor, and long life. And hear me today, church, whatever we don't turn to praise turns to pride. And so, Vu Church, what are we going to do with the success? We're going to grow up. Because Joshua chapter 6 says the fame of Joshua spread. But somehow from Joshua chapter 6 to Joshua chapter 9, a different story started getting told. The Gibeonites, they were afraid and they went out to Joshua and his men to make a deal because they were afraid of being destroyed. And they came to him in Joshua chapter 9 and verse 90. They answered, your servants have come from a very distant country because of the fame of of the Lord your God. If God makes you famous, it's solely to make him famous. If God blesses us, it's solely that we might bless other people and his name. They will forget our freaking name. So if you're new to Voo Church, I don't know what you've heard, but you're hearing it from me. We are not looking for fame to our name. We live our entire life. We serve, we give, we gather, we worship to make one name famous. That is the name of Jesus Christ, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, author, perfecter, and finisher of our faith, the beginning and the end, the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. There is no God like him. There will be no other God after him. We put all of our trust, we put all of our work into his name. We are living for the glory of God. It's not about our story, it's about his glory. Can somebody praise God in this house? As you stand to your feet at all of our locations, no one's leaving. I know some of you are watching by way of video. I'm grateful for technology. People asking a lot of questions where I'm gonna be preaching about. It don't matter where I preach. Come on, somebody, let's grow up. God can minister to us wherever we're at. It's about a community of people. If we don't want celebrity preachers, let's stop making celebrity preachers. Let's just lean in and be the church. Let's just gather. Let's just worship. Let's do life together. Let's have a culture of honor. 
So wherever you're at, I'm asking that you wouldn't leave for a moment. I'm gonna give it back to the team in those locations in just a moment. But I want us to pray today. This is a historic Sunday. Some of you that have been around here for 20 plus years, I know it's a lot of change. We love you, we sympathize with you. You gotta make a decision if you're gonna go on the journey. It's not a threat, it's not, it's just going, you gotta, you gotta decide if you're gonna be here. It's a lot of change, but change, man, is inevitable. Maturity, that's optional. But I'll tell you this, we need you and we want you and we love you. And there's no greater joy for my life than to get to lead this community. I'm not a perfect leader. I'm not gonna act like one. I can't preach like my dad. I'm not gonna act like I'm my dad. I can't stand in his shoes. I'm gonna stand in my shoes. I'm gonna honor the past, but I'm gonna look forward to the future believing that God has more in store for us. I'm gonna grow up. I'm gonna grow up and you're gonna grow up and we're gonna do it together as we mature. I wanna give it back to the locations there, but right here at Miami Gardens. Let me pray for you today. Would you bow your head? Lord, we thank you so much for what you're doing. God, we thank you for the start of a new season, the start of a new chapter. And God, today, Lord, we we receive your word. That, Lord, our goal is not to be famous, but, Lord, we're planning that as we trust you, that you're going to bless us, that you're going to bring success. And, Lord, we don't want to just plan on how to respond to failure. We want to learn how to handle victory. God, we trust in you. We humble ourselves before you. Your word says, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift us up. Lord, we don't wanna be elevated by man. We want you to elevate us. God, we wanna be trusted by you that every season, even seasons of prominence, even seasons of fame and notoriety, God, we will give you glory every step of the way. We wait on you. My soul waits for you, God. Thank you for listening to today's message. At VU, we believe we weren't meant to do life alone. We've been created with a unique purpose and designed to live in relationship with Jesus. If you've never surrendered your life to Him, we want to create an opportunity for you to do so today. If you want to say yes to Jesus, would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I trust you with my past. I ask that you guide me in my present, and I even place my future in your hands. I'm yours, Lord, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, we want to partner with you in the next steps on your faith journey. Go to voochurch.com slash online. We love you.